to be a good journalist, you have to have your own code of ethics and you have to have your own code of behavior that ultimately you can live with if it doesn't get you the results that you need for your work. Welcome to Dear Journalist. This is a show where we talk with longtime Canadian journalists about their careers. They'll share with us some of the lessons they've learned from their years in the field. I'm Hannah Mercanti. I'm Yezua Ho. And I'm Mark Hennick. In just a minute, you're going to hear my conversation with former Global News anchor and W5 host Kevin Newman. We want to get right to that. So make sure you stick around after because we're going to come back and chat about what we heard. Here's Mark's interview with Kevin Newman on Dear Journalist. I'm here with Kevin Newman. Kevin is best known as the chief anchor and executive editor of Global National and as host and managing editor of CTV's W5. He's also the co-author of All Out, a memoir written with his son, Alex. And Kevin joins us today from, I was going to say Toronto, but it looks like you're at the cottage, Kevin. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Yeah, this is uh, where I happily get to spend most of my time in retirement now. <laughs> Very nice. When you're not at the news desk anymore, you're in your uh, at your cottage. I want to jump right in here because you've had such a remarkable career in journalism spanning decades. So uh, since this is a podcast that, you know, it's directed toward journalists at any stage in their career, but especially emerging or aspiring journalists. What's a lesson that you've learned out in the field uh, that's remained constant with you throughout all of those years in journalism? Uh, well, it was actually very, very early in my career. I had, I had just been hired by uh, Global News in Toronto uh, when it was just a local station. And uh, I wasn't actually a reporter at the time. I was sort of a desk assistant. I was the one who got the coffee. I, you know, um, I was obviously ambitious. I wanted to be a reporter, but I wasn't yet a reporter. So uh, one of the hazing rituals of journalism is that, uh, at least at the time, was that when something awful happened, they'd send the most junior person in the newsroom out to try to get a picture of the victim. Remember, this is like way before any social media and way before there was a way to take a look at people's profiles. So the inenviable job was to knock on the door of a grieving person and say, could you please supply me a picture of the person you've just lost? The worst part of this business. Um, so they sent me out. This person had lost their son in the flipping of the Ocean Ranger, which was an oil rig uh, off of Canada's East Coast that flipped at one point and everybody aboard practically was killed, including this man's son. So I sat there in the car and I was um, with a cameraman and I just said, fuck, I don't know how to do this. And he said, well, there's no good way. So I sat there and I tried to get um, my guts up. And then someone from another news organization, it was the Toronto Star at the time, sort of pulled up beside me. He got out of the car uh, he goes racing up to the door and I think, okay, well, maybe I'll learn about an approach from a pro. So I rolled down the window and I listened. And the guy, basically, the reporter basically said, hi, I'm, I'm with the Toronto Sun. Um, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. But uh, at a time like this, you're required to provide us some pictures. And uh, the father was very upset. Um, he slammed the door on the guy. So the guy walked away. And so I thought, okay. I still have to try because I got, <laughs> this is my first break as a journalist. And if I haven't knocked on the door, what are my editors going to say? So I walked up, um, I knocked on the door after about half an hour. And, um, and I just said, I, 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 I'd like to apologize um, for what just happened to you. Um, you don't have to do anything for me. I just want to say how sorry I am that I lost, that you lost your son. And, um, and that's all. And then I went back to my car and I thought I'd failed. 
I thought that was, you know, I thought I'd never go anywhere in journalism because it wasn't tough enough. Then a couple of minutes later, the father came out and he gave me the picture of his son and he said, never forget how you treat people matters. And um, I took that forever. Like um, I went back, I got the picture. I was okay with how I got the picture. But mostly I, th I thought to myself, you know, it's not being an asshole that works. It's not being um, the most aggressive or the most, you know, whatever, but it's um, doing what you have to do for your job, but doing it as humanely as possible. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe I can be okay in this profession if, if I continue to conduct myself that way. And, and I've tried to, um, I'm sure there have been people harmed by some of the stories I've done, not intentionally by me, but just because that's sometimes the way it goes when you're dealing with tragedy and, and uh, accountability and that stuff. But um, you, don't, you don't have to be a jerk, I think was my takeaway. Well, on that idea of, you know, people getting harmed, even just in the, in the crossfires, do you think that journalists learn enough about the responsibility that they bear in doing their job that it's not always just about getting the story? Is that, is that a takeaway that maybe you took from this experience or, or other stories you've worked on? Yeah, I mean, here's the dirty little secret of journalism. I mean, I didn't go to journalism school, so I didn't have the opportunity to explore a lot of these themes uh, if they occur in, in an academic environment. So I was sort of learned on the job and, and ultimately came down to um, how, can I, how can I sleep at night? <laughs> mm -hmm. And there have been a couple uh, places where, because of my inexperience, I, I, I made people angry and it was my fault and... I'll never forget it. I still don't forget it. It still bothers me. <laughs> and that's 40 years later. So in, in an active newsroom, there's almost no way to, well, I mean, I guess after work maybe, but there's not much professional development in newsrooms now. They're just too small. And, 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 and there wasn't then either when they were bigger. Um, so, you know, it comes down to, to be a good journalist, you have to have your own code of ethics and you have to have your own code of behavior that ultimately you can live with if it doesn't get you the results that you need for your work. Um, but you do need to think about that because you're creating a limited bond of trust with whoever you're reporting on. And um, trust is uh, hard to earn and easy to lose. I like to think that, you know, my secret sauce was um, I wanted, I generally wanted people to trust me. And so I took it as a, as a sort of a sacred obligation on my part not to abuse that trust. Mm. Can you talk a little bit maybe about um, an experience that you've had where that more patient approach really paid off, whether it was cultivating a, a source or watching an evolving story? Uh, where has your patience really paid off as a journalist? Well, it's always in the investigative stuff because it's like it's it's the old cliche of um, unwrapping an onion that you take one layer off and the next layer is juicier and then the next one's even juicier. And sometimes when those layers get stripped off, it's just a matter of... Um, time spent, uh, looking at it. So, uh, patience is hard to find, um, in, in this climate because, you know, newsroom resources are in Canada are, um, at a critical stage. You know, I don't need to tell you that if you look at the staffing of the Montreal Gazette, it's five people, the national newscast at CTV, where I most recently worked on weekends has two reporters in the world on, on weekends. There isn't the capacity for, um, for that kind of um, patience and long thought, except in, in a few islands like W5, Fifth Estate, and um, some of what Global uh, did with uh, the new reality. So 
it's hard. And, and as a journalist, you have to, you have to occasionally be willing to fight for time. Um, cultivating sources is a hobby project off the side. You, you again are trying to build a trust relationship that can easily be broken, but hard to build. So you have to be patient and, um, you can push too hard and scare people away pretty damn fast. Patience in some places is baked into the process still, but in most places, it's that thing off to the side that you have to cultivate for stories that you find exceptional. And maybe it's just one or two a year, break through and make news, but they are undoubtedly the most satisfying reporting you'll ever do. You know, with all of that experience that you've accumulated over the years, if you could distill it down into one piece of advice, <laughs> you know, the most important takeaway uh, for aspiring journalists, particularly given today's media landscape, what would it be? Do I have to do one? Can I do two or three? <laughs> or just sure. One? Let's, just one? Let, let's do three. <laughs> here's, the, here's the one and then I'll do it. Okay, so here's the one. Uh, learn how to be an entrepreneur. And by that, I mean, take a business course, figure out how to run your own freelance business, learn how to pitch. All those things that entrepreneurs have to learn how to do are skills that journalists need now. Um, it's not enough to just, you know, show the, show the work, show the writing, show your on-air presentation. You know, if you started up a business off the side, that's to me a big, a big thumbs up because you need to have, um, you need to have the drive not just for story, uh, but for entrepreneurship. When I was going through journalism, you know, I fed my family, I bought a cottage, I could do things. But I think those kinds of jobs are disappearing quickly. And you have to be prepared to return journalism to uh, a little more of a trade as, a, as opposed to a profession. So that's my one. The other second one is uh, recognize your own empathy, project, but protect your own heart, because you end up absorbing a lot of trauma. Um, and I'm not talking about war in the Middle East or Ukraine. I'm just talking about sitting across from somebody who has lost a child or has been raped or has had uh, terrible crimes committed in their neighborhood uh, against friends or family. And so in order to build that trust, you have to open up your heart. But then you have to also recognize over time that there's an accumulation of um, trauma that uh, isn't yours, but you have adopted some of it. I think it's a good reminder to be gentle with yourself on that front as well. Yes. Yeah, recognize it. I mean, only now are news organizations beginning a conversation in Canada about this. Mm -hmm. And it's not being organized by the newsroom. It's being organized by a few key reporters that are holding, you know, sessions and doing polling and just saying like, you know, we got to, you, you have to take care of it yourself pretty much still. Kevin, thank you for coming on and chatting with us about this today. Yeah, no, always a pleasure, Mark. So you just heard my conversation with Kevin Newman. Hannah, Yeshua, what did you take away from this? Well, okay, the main thing I think I took away from it was the importance of having a personal code of ethics in journalism. I think a lot of the times we get caught up in following a set of rules that we think exists, but it's really important to be happy with the work you're doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the first story was really good because it reminded me of my first year in journalism because one of my first reporting jobs was at The Gamer, which is a ga gaming news oriented site. And what I basically did was take previous written articles or just written articles and then convert them into short one minute to two minute videos. They would give me and like a bunch of other people a bunch of articles to choose from. And one of those articles had to do with Forza Horizon 5, which is a racing video game. And the main 
plot of that story was that a lot of trans players were referred to by their dead name because the game would greet you, but it would take the name from their Microsoft account. And most of the time for most trans players, it was their dead name. And something about it, I don't know. It was like, I was so nervous about doing a story like this because this is my first time dealing with a story like that. And my coworkers were like, oh, don't worry, we'll bleed you. Like the editors and the writer of that article would be like, we'll give you advice as to what to talk about really and make sure you're saying everything correctly. But still, I decided not to do it. I decided to do something else because I was just so nervous that I would mess up and completely ruin something, (laughs) I guess is how you would put it. And looking back at it now and listening to Kevin's story about just remembering to be human and that you're not perfect, you're going to make mistakes sometimes. As long as you know that and just try your best is probably all you need, especially in journalism. And my biggest regret with the story was not the potential it had, and I just missed it. It was really just the reason why I didn't choose to run with that story and how it was just a huge disservice to the people who wrote it and who the article is for. I like this idea that he really pushes back on uh, the idea of the newsman, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, which is usually a, a white guy, you know, behind mm. a desk. He, and, but he really talks about uh, and he says, you don't have to be an asshole. Like, it's not about <laughs> yeah. a gill one out there and doing the gotcha journalism. It's about being a good person. I really yeah. responded. to And that. I think people's like you said, like the idea of a journalist is like this person trying to like bang down your door and being really rude like that first journalist in um, Kevin's story. But that isn't how you get results. This is one of the most human-centric careers. We talk to people for a living. So I think there's, there's value in treating people like people. This has been Dear Journalist for the review of journalism. For more episodes, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, check out Reviewed. It's a celebration of 40 years of the review of journalism with conversations from feature writers and emerging journalists. Make sure that you also pick up a copy of the 40th anniversary issue of the Review of Journalism, available on newsstands across Canada in April 2024. You can head to reviewofjournalism.ca to find out more. For extra online content, you can also connect with the review on X and TikTok. Until next time, I'm Hannah Mercanti. I'm Yezua Ho. I'm Mark Kennick. Many thanks to Kevin Newman for talking with me today. And thank you, dear journalist, for listening. <laughs>